folks, welcome to the newest episode of Crossing Swords. It's your boy, Ty B here, and I'm joined by the newest member of the Dirty 30s. Happy birthday to the funnel guy, and we have a special guest tonight. He's your girl's favorite DJ, none other than DJ Supreme. But tonight's episode is sponsored by Justice and Hockey's first annual eSports NHL 20 event, which will be held on February 9th. 2020 at Riverworks. The event is open to all ages, so go to justition.com to get more info to register and get tickets. First come, first serve. And I got $10 to the first person who can four goal gun the funnel guy that day. Tristan, how many kids do you think you can beat in a row before getting four goal gunned now that you have this newfound dad strength? I can probably take down 20 kids. If I'm going to be – hold on, just real quick. Give me one quick second. Yeah, I could probably I could probably take down 20 kids. Here's the deal. If we're doing a chug-off too, I'll take down 100 kids. I'll take down 110-year-olds without even, without even blinking. I mean, I could see it. Like, you do have that extra tenacity. And talking about someone who's got some tenacity and fire, he's been believing in the Bills – does he believe in the Sabres? We got our boy DJ Supreme in the building. How you doing? Oh, doing great, boys, and thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be on the Crossing Swords pod. And yeah, I, I wish the Sabres were playing a lot more like the Bills lately. And I mean, what the hell is going on? I know we're about to get into it, but two six and two over our last ten. That's dead last in the NHL a true tale of two teams this year. And I mean, it, it, it what's going to give Ty B. Hey, <laughs> at least we we're doing? not the Leafs right now. The Leafs are playing absolutely terrible hockey. 22 games played only 22 points. We're still one game or one point Love ahead it. of them. I'm not as down in the dumps as they are right now. They lost five straight, but yeah, the Sabres have had their struggles right now recently. And we talked about, Early on this season, Tristan, that the Sabres seem to be playing this new, faster style of play. But they're not fast. They're one of the slowest teams yet again um, in game pace. And I think like the fifth, yeah, fifth slowest in Corsi pace. So that's not going to get it done. Um, they're, they're much more calculated with it this year, I think. But teams were able to jump onto that, and the Sabres haven't been able to make adjustments against it. Um, Sean Tierney put out a new uh, chart into his thread, um, putting against um, expected goals versus your shooting percentage to see how good your shot quality is and whether you're finishing on those. And the Sabres are in the no quality, no finish zone, which is no surprise because we see them regularly getting a lot of shots and they don't get a lot of rebounds. I think they're the fifth lowest in uh, rebound rate on shots uh, and they don't do anything when they get rebounds. Tristan, I don't know what's what's the biggest glaring problem right now for you. I mean, just watching these games. So, being a spectator, not only in the arena, but being a spectator, obviously watching on TV as well. It reminds me a lot. I mean, it, it's like new dog, but same old tricks. It's you know we. We have some really awesome moments. There's some like beautiful things that we can see out of this team. But at the end of the day, it we had that nice little, you know, streak to start the season, which was, you know, in, in essence very similar to the, you know, the streak that we had last year. But at the end of the day, it's all like I said, it, it's, you know, 
new dog, same tricks. We're not scoring goals. We have no secondary scoring. We're dealing with a shit ton of injuries right now. Obviously, we just lost Tage Thompson for like eight weeks. God only knows when, you know, Johansson's going to be back. I mean, it's, I don't even, it's tough to even talk about just because like, we got the winning streak started last year and it looked really good. I mean, we're into like the middle of November and we're already like, this is bullshit. This is brutal. Like this whole thing is a shit show right now. And that's the exact opposite way it started. We were there early in the season. Um, I went to games with you and Supreme and the Sabres looked great. Like what's the biggest surprise or biggest change you've seen in these last 10 games as opposed to the start of the season, Supreme? Um, I would say, to your point, Tristan, the lack of secondary scoring. I mean, you look at our top line, Eichel, Reinhardt, Olsen, they've been very productive for the entire season. Eichel, he's a top 10 center in the league right now. But flashback to Saturday night, it was the Buffalo Eichels versus the Ottawa Senators. I mean, he was doing it single-handedly out there, and it is not a sustainable way to play hockey at all. Uh, you know, it, you, you look down the depth chart here. We have some young blood coming up from the minors, Curtis Lazar, Rasmus Asplund. I'm hoping that these guys can shake things up in, in the bottom six and, you know, sort of capitalize on a Minnesota Wild team that we face tomorrow night. Uh, who's had their fair share of struggles, and they have not had a great start to the season at all. So winnable game for the Sabres, you know, and with a tough road ahead, I, I would say that, you know, this is a very important game tomorrow night to not take the Wild too lightly and see if we can get that bottom six going. And that's the thing, too, even though, you know, Minnesota's obviously, they're, they're a team that, you know, for so long, they were such a force, but they've only gotten older. And like I said, they only made moves in the offseason to, to necessarily, you know, to make them older. They picked up, you know, Matt Zuccarello, who's, you know, a very talented player, but he's still, you know, he, he's an older guy. So they're not getting younger. They're not getting faster. It's one of those games like we play against Ottawa. You know, you expect to win this game, but at the rate in which we're scoring goals, and obviously you're going to be going against a very, very talented goaltender in David Dubnik. So, you know, are we going to be able to sustain pressure? Because here's the deal. At the end of the day, um, you know, Minnesota's a team that's got a lot of, you know, physical presence to them. They'll kind of bully you around. And I don't know if we're set up to compete against teams that are, you know, going to bully us into position. It's it's going to be a tough one. There, there are no, you know, walks in the park anymore. No, we've had struggles with that so far this season. You saw that against the Ducks. Um, I think that, yeah, the the Wild, if they, they're going to have any chance to win, that's going to be what they're going to have to do. Um, a lot of teams you've seen, I think, are much more aggressive on the forecheck now against the Sabres, getting on those defensemen early so that they can't get those long lead passes, um, forcing more things into the middle and getting caught up uh, into that next guy and the next layer of that forecheck, and that's causing them a lot of problems and then they just end up dumping the puck a lot um they're doing a poor job with zone entries lately um and i i think um surprisingly one of the biggest issues is that marco scandela has been out of the lineup he by all measures <laughs> um by any of the numbers like marco scandela has been the best defenseman on the on the buffalo sabers this year there's just no denying it 
um, best expected goals for, best Corsi for, um, you know, all that. And it's just, it's unbelievable to see the difference that um, one season can make. And now that Scandella is going to be coming back from this injury here, I think he can either be a part of a larger deal or he can be sort of uh, an extra confidence for Jason Bottrell so that he can move some of these other guys around now. Um, Tristan, who do you think GMJB ends up moving to try to get it? Because we need a top six forward. I think the most expendable part of the Buffalo Sabres defense, and I've said this even at the beginning of the season too, you know, you look at players, I think the two most guys, the, you know, the two most, um, I would say the, the best people that we have right now to get moved, I would, you know, are Rasmus or Stalinen and probably Jake McCabe. Um, McCabe has had a terrible season so far. He hasn't looked impressive by any means. So he's somebody that, you know, he, he might be part of a package deal. But I think Ristolainen has played a little bit better this season. I haven't really looked at, you know, the the analytics side of it. All I know is he's not in that Masters conversation. He's not at the bottom of the league in in plus minus. So that's definitely going to be a positive side there. Um, he I, Again, he's somebody that can quarterback a power play. He's somebody that can, you know, make passes out of the zone. He's got a physical presence. But, you know, you look at the, the defensive side of the house, and you do realize that Rasmus Dahlin was benched the entire third period of that game. So we're also dealing, are we even in the position where, oh, Jesus, like, it's almost like you're, we have so many defensemen, but like you're nervous to move defensemen because our, you know, our, uh, our golden boy is playing terribly. And, you're not getting production from back there, but it doesn't help either because you're not getting production up front. You know what I mean? If you have one player scoring every game and nobody else, like when's the last time somebody on the you know third or fourth line scored? It's uh, It's been a while. Yeah, it's definitely been a while. And um, something to note about Rasmus Dahlin, I think it was um, John Vogel um, pointed out that Dahlin's got like, 11 or 13 assists at this point and he's on pace to get close to 49 um throughout the season which would be you know like the fifth highest for like a defenseman like under 21 or something like that ever um just just goes to show like how the high expectations are there and like he has some of that game and like he's not there fully defensively right now um, but he's doing a lot of other things well, and I think the exactly. rest of the game will come around. Um, his skating, you know, still is phenomenal. It's just he'll learn his spacing. He'll, you know, get all these other things down. He'll learn to play a little bit more physical, the more NHL style of game. Um, he's still in his second season. Um, Victor Hedman was like 21, and uh, I don't think had as many points as wasn't, or he's on pace to have more points than Victor Hedman did when in his 21st year old season so like obviously uh defenseman that growth curve is a little different but uh supreme for you where do you think that on this defense that you can afford to move one of these guys uh much to tristan's point i i agree with the ristolainen being the most logical piece to move uh just given the fact that there was so much talk and activity well behind the scenes activity seemingly around him this past off season. Uh, I also agree with the fact that McCabe has been very poor this year. 
um, underperforming from, you know, the rock solid guy that we've known him to be over the past several seasons. Um, so I, I would say risk the line in just because you look at the other guys, Scandella, he's been our best defenseman and we were one, four and one without him in the lineup. Um, now he's back and he's starting to add a little bit more stability. I mean, Montour, is he going to go anywhere? We just got him. So probably not. Yoki Haru, been impressed with him, uh, you know, in, in his young Sabres career. Same thing with Colin Miller. I mean, you'd like to see a little more consistency out of Miller. Um, and, and obviously you want to see Darlene turn things around and get out of his sophomore slump that he's been in because he has not looked good at all this season. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'd rather move McCabe at this point but I just don't know what if there would be as much of a market for him as a risk alignment problem. Right. No, and then you, you, you're going to be trying to get a top six forward. I don't think uh, Jake McCabe's going to really warrant someone to give that up, even you know as a small part of that package. I think you're going to have to give up a lot more if McCabe's in that deal. If you give up Risto, you're you know you probably don't have to give up you know a first round pick. Yeah. You can get away with giving up a third or something like that um, if you're going to get you know a real solid player um and that's Certainly. really what they need right now they're struggling to get production throughout these lines and just look at sort of what the blackhawks are doing with their lines um their scoring is spread all out you have nylander playing with taves um sod i think was on that line um you like canes on the second line kirby docks on that third line and it's sort of all spread out. They're doing a good job of that, and that's what they've done sort of over the years. The Penguins have done that sort of thing as well. And I think that's what you need to be doing if you want to be one of the best teams in the league, if you want to try to make a move and get somewhere in the playoffs. We have to find some balanced scoring. Um, I know this first line is doing so well together. Maybe break it all up. Let's try to figure out something else because – Things aren't working right now. Either bring someone in, make a move. It's just, it's the same mold at this point almost. Uh, it's year after year, and we're just not seeing that progression. Uh, Tristan, where, what do you think we can do with these forwards right now? Where where can they really improve in-house? I mean, it's it's tricky because they're doing a lot right now with the injuries. They're bringing up players that are deserving of these spots. Um, you know, there was a lot of there was a lot of fuss about bringing up a player like Curtis Lazar before you bring up a player like Tage Thompson, who's been doing so well. But seeing players like you know Rasmus Asplund in the lineup, I didn't you know Tage Thompson didn't really he didn't really impress all that much in his first game. You know whether or not he got a, a ton of ice time or not, but um, I think a lot of it is going to be shuffling lines it's going to be finding the matchups that work because like you said you know if your one line is doing very good you don't want to break them up but you have to make some sort of adjustments because you have to even out that spread like for a long time there was you know what was it i think it was akposo larson and gergens is what was the most dominant line in almost all of the nhl but they weren't producing goals and at the end of the day you're not going to win games unless you score goals. So it's like you have to find that you have to find like the the mesh between the players that's going to bring them together that's going to create these goals. And you know, no knock against Jack Eichel because he's 
one of the top centers in the NHL. There is no question. He's really solidifying that this year. But, you know, he put up a four-goal game. I think he has to shoot more. There was the one play yesterday where he kind of looked off the pass and gave it over to uh, Zemgus Gergensen's. And I want to just – I want to see him shoot that puck. Just don't – keep firing away. Keep keep ripping shots. Totally just agree with that point. Got to do it. Totally agree. Come off a four-goal game and you're passing to Gergensen's and, and then it's a dead play. I remember seeing that early in the game yesterday, right? Yeah, it was early in the game. Oh. And it's like, dude, you don't got to, you know, not to sound selfish, but it's like, dude, don't make that pass. Just make, you know, take the shot. The fans want to see you take the shot. And you have a much better chance of putting the puck in the net before Zemgus Gergensen's does. No offense, but a little bit of offense. Right. Oh, no, and against a good goaltender, too. Offense, like- of course, Jack Eichel is going to have a way better chance of scoring. Um, I don't even care if he's like 30 feet further away from the net. Um, Gergensen has just had the worst luck. It doesn't matter how close he is. Um, he could be in the crease. It doesn't matter. Um, but let's take a look at this injury report right now. Um, oh. You have Zach Bogosian, who could be coming back, it looks like, any day right now uh, from that hip injury. He's been skating, doing more and more stuff with the team. Uh, Mojo also day-to-day upper body, and so is Johan Larson, but neither of them skated today with the team, um, although Bogosian did. Um, unfortunately, Kyle Ocposo has another concussion. He'll be out indefinitely, and that's something you really hate to see after the concussion issues he's had in the past. Um, and then Vlad Savoka with the uh, lower body injury, four to six weeks. Tage Thompson, three to five, unfortunately, upper body after that first game in there, um, you get Mojo and Johan Larson back, it looks like, relatively soon, and Zach Bogosian, and now things are going to get a little full on this roster here, Tristan. Well, like you said, I mean, it's tough, too, because you start getting players back. So, obviously, with getting Scandella back, getting Bogosian back, um, I mean, getting Marcus Johansson back is one of the most important things because he's been all around a great player for this team so far this year. He brings a level of knowledge and hockey IQ that a lot of these younger players don't have. And he just creates a lot of really great opportunities. But like you said, it's going to be you're jamming everything up on the back end. So it's kind of like, where are these players going to go? What are they going to do with, you know, the guys that have been underperforming? Are they going to give, you know, Bogosian a spot right off the back and, you know, maybe sit a player like, I don't know. I mean, Colin Miller is already sitting. You know, who, the, who else are they going to sit at this point to to make up for that defensive lapse? And it's it's um, this is a Ralph Kruger thing. You have to see what he's going to do with the lineups. And there's nothing more important than you know finding a balance and then creating chemistry because, like you said, you have people coming in and out of the lineup right now. People getting healthy. People getting injured. And it's like every game somebody's playing with somebody new. So that's one of the scariest things ever because you're scared about that, you know, the uh, the juju between the players. And, you know, is this lineup going to work? Is it going to produce? Is it not? Only time will tell. Yeah, Supreme, taking into account what Tristan said, if you are Ralph Kruger right now, are you thinking about going and knocking on <laughs> – Jason Botro's office and saying, Hey, uh, can you maybe move one or two of these guys off the roster? Because I have no clue how I'm going to keep them all happy and get them all some playing time. 
I would certainly be doing that just because it, it, it lends itself to the point where if we're going to keep the first line intact because of how productive they've been, what are we doing with lines two through four? And I'm all for, I mean, there's certain guys like Johansson that he's going to be a contributor in the lineup once he gets healthy. Exactly. Luckily, it wasn't a long-term injury. Yeah, and he was playing uh, through the injury a couple of games, they said, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if, if he's back and he's 100% and he can, you know, give us the same style of play that he's been giving us, which is really heady hockey, uh, that's going to be great for us. But there's also a lot of guys like VC, Middlestad even, who have underperformed, you know, by any, by any measure. And do we roll the dice on a guy coming up from the minors it, to lend itself to some offensive production on the back end. I mean, I'm, I'm for it because I can't stand to watch another season like the second half of last year. Plain oh, and simple. It's in, and that's, that's where we're at as a fan base. I mean, there's no way I, I think I can speak for the three of us by saying that we did not get as excited in the first 10 games of this season as we did on the 10 win streak last year, just because it had been so long. But I, I like, it's almost sad to say that we're kind of waiting for this to happen because it's the same group of guys, you know, how long I, I don't care how good of a coach Kruger is. And I do think he's a really good coach. Don't get me wrong. But when you have a poor roster, there's only so much you can do. And, yeah shake it up until something works. You know, if I'm not, I'm not pessimistic about the rest of the season, considering we could be a trade or two away from adding that offensive production, as we had talked about earlier, if Donlin snaps out of whatever he's going through right now, which I think he will, you know, might not be till like January, unfortunately, but you know, it could be 2020 before he's back to what he was doing last year. I mean, I, I'm I'm all for mixing things up, you know, and it and it just it it sucks. With that being said, because that's the same shit that got Filesma and Housley canned because they kept trying to shake things up and it just never worked. No, and it's that's a hundred percent true. But like you said, it's you have to shake things up. You can't be scared to make trades. You can't be scared to yeah. always try and make your team better. Because at the end of the day, you know, there are bills to pay and there are sad, there are fans that are, you know, getting more and more impatient with, I would say, you know, the bullshit that we've been dealing with. Same thing with the Bills fans. We've been dealing with this bullshit for all these years. And, you know, if you're not putting asses in the seats or if seats are going for four or five, six dollars on StubHub, it's, you know, it you have to change something to create, you know, a stir up and the, keep the fan base interested. Because if you don't, you're going to be looking at a lot of empty seats in the key bank library come January, February. Yeah. And there's been some games that have been, frankly, even when they were doing well, disappointing with the uh, fan turnout. But the last game I was at the Sabres Islanders game, that one, nothing loss where the only goal comes from behind the net. Absolutely terrible. Um, but the biggest thing I noticed, um, you know, fourth row seats, shout out Southtown Tickets for the hookup for that. Anytime you need tickets, go to them. He'll hook you up. Some of the best deals around. Um, but 
being down at ice level like that, you're really able to see a lot more little intricacies, things like that, where some positioning is and what guys are actually seeing at that level um, when they're trying to look across the ice and stuff like that. Um, so we're just not getting any pressure in front of the net and just giving easy looks to goaltenders. Um, it's just way too easy for them, and we're just not getting second second looks at all. If we're looking to get, you know, a, a top six guy, let's get someone who can get in front of the net and help stir things up, like um, someone who can cause some traffic, maybe someone like, um, you know who I would love, who I'm thinking of right now? Ryan Getzloff, like a type like that. I think that would be a perfect fit for something we need right now, Tristan. He's one of those guys, though. I mean, I, I you know, I said the same thing about Corey Perry, though, too. Like, I don't at know this if age, but like that's the style, at least what I'm thinking of to fit in. But I, I really wouldn't mind Getzloff. No, would not would not hate Getzloff at all. He's a guy that can make plays, but I don't know. You know, it, it's uh, we're not going to add him. That's just not going to happen. I said, you know, if we make two big free agency moves or two or not free agency, if we make two big trades. You know, one of the players I'd like to see. I always thought, you know, Jason Zucker was a guy that I might be interested in. I don't know if he has the net front presence. Um, you might bring in a guy like Tyler Toffoli, who's obviously been a rumor, kind of, you know, people have been talking about his production, what he, what he hasn't been doing in LA, but you know who I would say I want, I really am looking for, because uh, it sounds kind of like Las Vegas is looking for defensemen and there is no player that I want on Las Vegas right now, more than Ryan Reeves, somebody with a set of balls, that's going to get in fights, that's going to instigate, that's going to get in there and do the nitty gritty. He may only be good for four or five goals a season and maybe, you know, 10, 11, 12 assists. But if we're able to give up a guy like Ristolainen, who has the only set of nuts on our team right now, you got to bring back somebody that, you know, has a real, real, real fight in them. And I think there's no doubt in my mind, I think Ryan Reeves is that guy. Sleep or Supreme, would you be... uh... And for that one, would you bring Revo in? I, I wouldn't mind seeing Revo in just to stir shit up. I mean, he's he's a guy who who plays an emotional game. And he plays a hard game. I mean, I, I, I don't know long term if it would be a good solution to what, like the, the gap we would leave. No. <laughs> Maybe not. Definitely not. But that's what I said. I wouldn't mind seeing him come in as a bottom six forward. You still need to move for a top six. Someone's got to stand up for Sabaka. Oh, Jesus. Get get Sabaka off the docks for all you Warrior fans out there. Get him off the docks. Can't stand him. If you had somebody in the bottoms, if you had somebody in the top six, that'd be wonderful. I mean, it's it's necessary. You, you need to. You need to add somebody in the top six. But if I'm looking, like I said, if I'm looking for somebody in the bottom as well, I think Ryan Reeves is a guy that could come right in. And you know, we're talking about Ristolainen being a part of that trade bait, and he's the only guy out there ever that's throwing bodies and you know willing to get in there and get scrappy. You got to replace it with somebody who can also do that because we have nobody. And at the end of the day, look at the teams that win Stanley Cups. Take a look at the last couple of teams. 
it is teams with a physical presence that will not get bullied, that will not get out-muscled during the playoffs, which is, at the end of the day, the only time that really matters. And if you want to compete with people at that level, you have to add muscle. You have to add people that are willing to get in there and stir shit up. Right. I think size is key. And I think it it's transitioned a bit, though, because St. Louis, they, they had a bunch of big boys on their team last year. Patrick. And they were durable. And... I think it, what the the transition though from like the early like 2010 and the earlier part of this decade to now is that you're really expecting to see three if not four lines of production as you know in 10 years ago you're okay with two maybe three lines of production and you'd have a fourth line that would go run around out there for you because that was the style of the game that yeah. that would be my my major hang up on someone like Reeves there's no question his toughness, there's no question what he brings to the lineup and to the locker room. But, you know, it, you would want to see that on a long-term consistent basis for, you know, someone like Ristolainen, if he were to stay, you could you could expect that out of Ristolainen for years to come, whether he's a Sabre or somewhere else. And I, with Reeves, I just don't know how much longer he would be able to play his style of game, you know, for, at least as a Buffalo Sabre if he were to come here. That's my only thing. It, it's tough just because he only, I mean, I think Reeves is, I think he's an 87, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's an 87, so he's probably 32, 33 years old. He might have like three more years, maybe, maybe three. I don't know, but you you have to do something. I mean, I'd love to go out and get a guy like Tom Wilson. I'd love to add a player like that, but... Oh. Let's be honest here. You, you know, nobody's parting ways with a player like Tom Wilson, even a guy like I don't know why. I don't know why in God's name we couldn't go after like a player like Patrick Maroon in the offseason. That doesn't make any sense to me because he brings, you know, goal scoring vision and he brings a toughness. So I think we made a lot of poor decisions in the offseason in general. But, you know, we definitely didn't help our toughness at all. No, we haven't. And we're going to our brand new segment, the Armchair GM, where we're going to go to Cap Friendly. I'm going to give you guys three different choices, and we'll pick one, and we'll go in and see and rate what they selected as the Armchair GM. The first choice, I Like Fixing Things by Better Better Chiarelli. I just like that name. I think that might be a winner right there. Uh, no idea what to do by Sha Dynasty or fixing this mess. Feedback appreciated. Caco to New York. I'm confused. What's the question? You got to pick which one you want to see to see which trades they made on the armchair GM on Cap Friendly. I want to hear Sha Dynasty. You want to hear Sha Dynasty? Okay, no Same idea here. what to do. Ooh. So the first trade is Buffalo and Nashville. Rasmus Ristolainen and Jimmy Vesey for Cal Yarncrook and Kyle Turris. Then a Sabres trade with Pittsburgh. Jake McCabe, Johan Larson for Nick Bugstad. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really raise the needle for me. No. I was hoping it sounds like another dude finishes us, but... the bottom five. 
No, I would say <laughs> the, the only interesting thing I think with the first one though would be the the storyline of VC going for full circle back to Nashville. Oh. That's that's where he left to go to New York, and then he came to Buffalo, and like uh, I don't know, and like with a guy like VC, I don't know if we've really touched on him at all. It's I, I almost I almost feel bad for him because of how hard he's playing that he has not had any success on on the stat sheet. I mean, you see him dropping the Mets last night and, you know, doing everything he can. He's just had so many bad breaks. Uh, you know, it, he's had opportunities. He just can't connect on them. And I don't know. That's that's one guy for me. Like, obviously, we, we expected maybe not the world out of him, right? But we, we expected maybe maybe he could be a 15 to 20 goal guy. Yeah. And, he's had a positive Corsi for at 5v5 and expected goals for, but that negative goals for is obviously because he's having some bad luck with himself scoring. Um, he's not finding that twine right now, and that's obviously a big problem, and that's one of the reasons we're not getting that secondary scoring. He's shown at times some good chemistry uh, with Middlestat, I think, and um it's just we just gotta hope that some of these guys maybe get on a little bit of a scoring streak maybe get two three goals in a four or five game uh span and it just sort of starts jump starting everyone's game it's just what we need to hope for right now unless they make a move because yeah bringing up rasmus asplund it's it's a nice little move but how much is that also going to move the needle for your team? It's not going to put you over the hump to get you into the playoffs. Um, that's not what's what's necessary right now. Um, I think it's yeah quite obvious, and I think the team is going to have to do some things, and we just got to hope for the best because as uh, Buffalo sports fans, we know how drastically poor things can go in a in a quick manner, and we just are hoping that it doesn't get get to that point because, you know, we're still getting average goaltending. Things aren't terrible. Like, they're still in a decent position. Like, um, it, they still have a good, you know, chance to still get places this season, Tristan. I don't think your faith is completely gone either. No, my faith is not gone by any means. I'm, you know, the the hopeful optimistic at all times, but they've done literally nothing to show me that they're – making any moves in, in in the right direction. I haven't seen a thing, you know, since since they went on their nice little streak in the beginning of the year to, to show me that anything's going to be different than last year. At the end of the day, they added a new coach. They added a couple of new players, nothing, you know, really, you know, drastic. Their fourth line is still essentially the same, and now they're just plagued by a ton of injuries. I don't, you know, if, if we're able to make it into December, at 500, I'd be surprised. If we're able to make it into January over 500, be even more surprised at this point. Yeah, Supreme, on a scale of 1 to 100, trust the process a meter, but for the Sabres, where are you at? With the process meter, Sabres edition. I am at a 73, boys. Because I also, I'm optimistic, but it's tapered optimism. Because I do think that with Botterill, I, I feel like he's feeling some sort of heat because of the lack of performance over the last 10 games. I mean, it said it at the top of the show, 2-6-2 two, two over our last 10. It's unacceptable. 
when when you come in and have a hot start the way that they did, at least in my eyes. And I think, as I said, Darlene, he's going to snap out of it at some point, and that will dramatically boost our back end. Will we find the right combination for lines two through four? I mean, I, I would hope that if we do make a few moves, maybe one or two trades, shake things up, maybe with some guys from Rochester, then maybe we could put something together and, and scrape our way into the playoffs. Um, but, yes, I, I, we have some tough hockey out of us uh, as Buffalo Sabres fans for the rest of November and December. Um, you know, I, 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 too, would be shocked if we're above 500, but if we can float within a game or two of 500 on either side going into 2020, I think I think we'll be okay. Yeah, and let's take a look ahead at these next two games real quick. Um, we're going to welcome in the Wild. Uh, for most of you listening, it'll be tonight. Uh, the Wild are sh- struggling this year. They're right down there um, the bottom of the, towards the bottom of the West. And then the Sabres will travel to take on the Bruins on Thursday night in Boston at the Garden. Uh, I think you have to win this game against the Wild. I think that's like a pretty much a must win for the way this team has been playing right now. You have to beat all these teams you can beat. It's much like how the Bills are going throughout their season right now. They're beating the teams they have to beat, uh, the worst teams in the league. Uh, you're playing them, and you have to beat them if you want any chance of making the playoffs because that's the way sports work. <laughs> and um, it's Supreme, you got the uh, Sabres getting that W tomorrow, tomorrow night? Yes, I do, and I, I will be in attendance tomorrow. Um, I'm going to be fading myself as a fan because the last two games that I've gone to against the Wild, I've gone to two, first of which was a 7 nothing loss in the tank era. That was the worst loss in Sabres history in the, in the, in the entire time they've been in the current arena. Uh, so since, since the Marine Midland Arena opened back in the late 90s, it was the worst home loss ever. Proud to say that I stayed all 60 minutes. And it was so bad that we, the Sabres did not have a shot on goal until about the 10-minute mark of the third period for that period. And me, my buddy, and all about 500 fans who were left, we all went nuts when someone dumped the puck in from just inside the red line, and it counted as a shot on goal. So that's how bad that was. The last time I was there was two years ago. I was wearing a green sweater to work that day, wore it to the game, and got chirped by an 8-year-old kid for being a Wild fan. So not... Not the best luck, but third time's the charm. I think the Sabres pull out a 4-2 to two victory, popping an empty netter at the end. I know Devin Dubnik, he is historically a very good goaltender, but he is not having a good time with it this year. At least statistically, he is a 4-8-2 record, 3.36 goals against, and he's sub-900, 8-9-3 save percentage. So struggling along with the rest of the Wild. And I think the Sabres get it done. Yeah, Tristan, what do you think? I know you can't give out your official prediction yet, but you think they got that game? This is this has got to be as close to a must-win at this point in the season. Yeah, you know what? I thought they were going to beat Chicago. That turned out to be a total shit show. 
Um, we historically have not played very well against the Minnesota Wild. I kind of want to call it the Jason Pominville curse ever since we sent him over there. I don't think our record has been too awesome against them. Um, do I see them winning tomorrow? No. No, I do not. Wow. I absolutely do not. Wow. They've done otherwise. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, you gotta, you just gotta hope that they can come out and play that full sixty-minute game. But we haven't really seen it really that much. So I, I get where you are on that completely. It's, it's tough to see. But I just, I don't know. The Wild have had a tough time scoring, scoring this year. Um, Eric Stahl still, you know. A real good player, Jason Zucker, real solid as well. Um, I really like Matt Dumba on the back end. Um, obviously, Suter and Parisi are getting older, but they're still, you know, great players. Uh, I think the Sabers end up pulling it out. I hope, you know, they can put up a couple more goals than I hope than I'm expecting. But I, I think a two-one game is, is what I'm gonna, gonna predict here before they go in and take on Boston, and that's going to be a real tough game because these Bruins have been playing great this year, Tristan. Yeah, they have, top to bottom. I mean, you watch freaking David Pasternak, and it's like watching the Harlem Globetrotters. The dude does whatever he wants with the puck on his stick. Marchand, not getting any older, freaking guy is just out there picking corners from the top of the circle. You know, they just have, again, it's, you know, every line, every single line they get this incredible production from, you know, Jake DeBrusque and Nordstrom. And, you know, there's they just have so much consistency throughout every line. It's just, you know, Zidane Chara, ageless. Dude can still make plays, you know, has incredible pressure. You know, you can't get the puck off of his stick. Tuka Rask and Nett, it's good luck with that one. That'll be a fun one to watch. Can't wait. Yeah, and I think the big thing in that is their most of their scoring does come from that top line with Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marchand. If you find a way to shut them down, you do have a chance to beat them. Um, David Krejci only has 11 points. He's the, the next highest scorer as forwards off that line. Uh, then Charlie Coyle there at 10. Um, I think you can you can win that game, but you're really going to have to shut down that line, and that's going to be a very tough task as Jack Eichel had real uh, real struggles with the rookie Kirby Doc. I know he'm a big physical guy, 6'4", and uh, like 200 pounds as an 18-year-old, but still he was just flying by him, and those are the things that David Pasternak just excels at. So uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup in that game. Uh, Supreme, how do you see that one playing out? Same way you do, boys. It's going to be a battle and probably going to be an ugly outcome. I mean, that, that top line, you had mentioned uh, Pasternak, Marchand. I think they've been mixing in Krejci on that top line a little. Um, a little bit there. And, I mean, even without Marchand – or um, without Bergeron, sorry. There's still – I mean, that, that Marchand has been a part of like the a top three rated line league-wide for the past four years straight and you know he's a rat we hate him and he'd be the the exact guy that all 30 other teams would love to have on their team so i respect it 
It's very, the Bruins are very much like the Patriots, where I hate their guts, but I also have tremendous respect for how long in the salary cap era that they've been able to be competitive. I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's not if they're going to make the playoffs, it's how far are they going to go. Could um, not agree more. Yeah, so I, I, I think it's it's going to be an ugly one. I don't, I don't see the Sabres pulling out the victory there, but, you know, hopefully later in the season, I know I'll be going to Sabres Bruins just after Christmas with our own degenerate L. Um, so hopefully, you know, we, we can see some progress that we've been discussing from now till then. And we can, you know, play them a little differently throughout the rest of the season. Yeah. It seems like all we can do is hope. And it's, uh, it seems like it's just another season as a normal Buffalo sports fan. But things will get better. I know they will because I think Chug Buds are going to be back in stock soon, Tristan. I know they're working on the re-release right now. Obviously, uh, you know, Chance and Mike Studd got that whole big thing going. They wrapped up Posty Fest. That was, you know, the videos looked absolutely insane. So I can imagine pretty quickly, though, if anybody's looking for a Chug Bud, you're going to want to get one as soon as that re-release happens because I can totally see them getting in and then getting out. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were selling out. It's oh, just like it's like the most genius invention still. It blows my mind that it took so long for someone to come up with it. And thank, thankfully, Chance did and found you because it's it's phenomenal. We'll say it's a match oh, made in heaven. I was literally he took the words right out of my mouth. Match made in heaven. That's but also, in addition to the chug bud getting getting a, a long overdue restock let's be honest trainwrecksports.com and the trainwreck sports web store is about to be back in business for the holidays uh, just before this episode was working on getting some new designs up there we have, we got some you know sabers related designs of course going up we have bills related designs we even have a remix of one of the old sports networks that we all know that was near and dear to us in the pre-NHL lockout era. That's the only tease I will give away on that. Um, I think I know what it is. You might know. You might have seen it. Ty B, I know you've seen it. I will not say a word. And, and for, all, for the rest of you folks, you'll have to check it out. You know, I get to trainwrecksports.com, get to teespring backslash trainwrecksports. You know, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, of course, if you haven't already. And, you know, keep it locked for some for some merch. You can lace the whole family with stocking stuffers. You know, you could you could order multiple items. Degenerate L, he ordered his whole family straight gifts off of the Trainwreck web store last year. That's no joke, folks. So keep it keep it locked for that. Uh, a lot of new exciting stuff coming there. Oh, there's always constant fire coming out, and I know you've been working hard on that. Uh, the website, once it gets back up, we're going to be coming with a ton more content and revamping everything there's just so much stuff we've been wanting to do for you guys but because of the way wix worked and they just didn't let us do a lot of things and it frustrated us to all hell we couldn't do a lot of fun things like pickums and we couldn't even underline things in articles so you know it 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 just made things a, a bit challenging so we'll be coming back with a ton more stuff like that um but tristan any last thoughts from you uh, 
I got nothing. Just recovering from the birthday weekend, trying to keep my head above water for the next couple of days. Um, just getting after it. Hopefully the Sabres can turn it around. Bill's got to get a big W this weekend. You know, going against Denver, just need positive things in the Buffalo sports world. It's all I care about. That's all anybody cares about here. Oh, for sure. And Supreme, we got to thank you for joining us as well. Um, at that Broncos game, I hear there might be um, a broken table ale around somewhere that we might have to be trying to get our hands on. Um, but for Tristan, for DJ Supreme, I'm Ty B, and you know what it is. Let's go Buffalo.